in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, we read the Gospel of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And obviously, we know this Gospel, and uh, we've heard it many times, and we even have a, a day dedicated to reading this Gospel called Lazarus Saturday, the day before Palm Sunday. But it's interesting that it comes kind of out of nowhere. It's not related to Holy Week or anything like that. And so today, usually when we, pray, when we talk about uh, the story of the rising of Lazarus, we talk, we focus a lot about us being Lazarus, which is very true. We, when we fall into sin, as we know, sin, the wage of sin is death. And so we can relate easily to Lazarus. And we ask for Christ to raise us up. And that's why it's such, it's beautiful that the church puts that as a foreshadowing to the resurrection a week before. But today we're not going to focus on our relation to Lazarus. Today we're going to focus on our relation to Christ. How we are Christ in this story. And I know sometimes we feel uncomfortable with that concept. We feel uncomfortable. We say, you know, I'm the sinner. I'm the person who's sick. I'm the paralytic. I'm the blind. I'm this. I'm the, I'm the Samaritan woman. I am these people who all have different issues and problems. And that's absolutely true. We are. We are sinners in need of a savior. But we also, and I would say this is even more important, is to remember that we are in Christ. We are made in his image and likeness. We are to live in him and him in us. And that's why we're all here today, to partake of the body and blood of Christ. And that we are called to be united with Christ to become one with him, to be like him. And that's what the name Christian means. So if we call ourselves Christians, we must also remember that we are to be, are to be Christ. We are to be Christ in every situation. It's easy to be Christ in church. Everybody's so nice. Everybody's praying, everybody is here, and, and you know, we're, 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 it's easy to be a Christian at church. But the idea is to be Christ in every aspect of our life. And so today we see the story of this man who was a friend of Christ who dies. And like I said, we are going to place ourselves today in the position of Christ and how we could be Christ and raising people from the dead. We can raise people from the dead. Now, the first thought that comes into our mind is, Abuna, come on, that's not us. That's Christ. That's St. Paul. That's St. Peter. That's not me. That's not like I can, you know, I can play the symbols. I can, I can... 
you know, I can come to church, I know the hymns, I, I can't raise somebody from the dead. The issue with that idea is not us being humble. That's not humility. That's us rejecting who Christ is. That's us rejecting Christ. Because if we don't, if we believe that Christ can raise, like no one is questioning the story. No one's questioning that Christ can raise Lazarus from the dead. But we question that now Christ can't raise somebody from the dead. And I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm not talking about a physical death. Because this, the physical death after the resurrection means nothing. Yes, it's sad when we lose a loved one, of course. It's sad, like, emotionally. But we know that they, they are, will be in Christ. If they lived with Christ on earth, they will continue to live with Christ in the heavenly Jerusalem. So now the idea is to look at situations and say, no, Christ can raise this person from the dead, starting with ourselves. The fathers speak very, very clear and boldly about the focus is our salvation and then the salvation of others. And I think I've used this example before. And every time I'm on a plane, just even yesterday, when they talk about the, the they're doing the emergency checklist where everybody's not paying attention. Uh, they, they tell us, if you lose oxygen, a mask will come down. But they're always very specific to say, put the mask on yourself first, and then put it on your children, or your loved ones, or whatever. And it always, always makes me feel uncomfortable hearing that. Because, you know, you, you want to put, you want to make sure those who are going to struggle the most to have their mask on first. The problem is, if you do that, then you're not taking care of yourself. And this is sometimes where, where we are. So we have to understand that Christ can resurrect us regardless of our sin, regardless of our situation. And this is why I love this story so much, because this is not like a person who was very sick. No, this is a person who's dead. Dead for four days. Like, not just, just died. So a person who's living in sin, far, far, far from Christ, dead spiritually, does not know Christ, does not read the Bible, does not pray, does, is living far away, this gospel teaches us that we have hope. In Christ. So after we believe that about ourselves and we are focused on connecting to him so that he may resurrect us in our life, then what? Then what? We see the story of the ten lepers that, that Christ healed. And they all leave and only one comes back to thank him. That's often what we do. That's often like when we are struggling with something and God heals us and God 
provides for us and God gets us through a really difficult situation and God helps us get over a, a really bad sinful habit, whatever the case may be. The idea is not, okay, thank you God, I'll, I'll call you when I need you again. No. The idea is once you resurrected, you live a resurrected life. Once you resurrect, you live a resurrected life. It's very interesting. Tradition says that Lazarus, so Lazarus, after the situation, he died and Christ rose him from the dead. Tradition has it that he went to, I believe, Cyprus, became a bishop there, and started serving and basically healing people spiritually. And also tradition has it that he didn't smile after, that his emotionally, he didn't, he wasn't the same. And the reason is that he saw Hades and saw the torment that was happening for sinners and that pushed him towards helping as many people as possible, bringing them to Christ. So he was resurrected and then he went to resurrect others. And this is very important because we can't, Christianity is not just about ourselves. The, the commandments that Christ gave, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this love is transformative and life-changing. Now, how do we do that? How do we, how do we, it's awkward. How do we talk to somebody now I'm living a godly life. I've worked on myself. God has changed. God has healed me from the sins that have tormented me. How do I help others? We live in a, in a society, in a community that says, everybody mind your business. And we like, there's certain verses in the Bible that we, we, we shoot them very quickly at people. Don't judge me. Take the plank out of your own eye. Don't, like, leave me alone. I will worry about myself. You worry about yourself. And this is a society we live in. This is not Christianity. Christianity is about communal love and growth and to be able and have a responsibility to go to others and say, you need to work on this. Remember, St. Paul says, speak the truth. Speak the truth, but in love. Sometimes we speak the truth without love, and sometimes we love without the truth. And both are very harmful. So now how do we raise these people? The first thing is you have to love. You have to love. Even when Mary and Martha sent notice to Christ, how did she describe the situation? Come quick, my brother is dying. The one whom you love, the one whom you love is sick. We have to look at, we have to look at the world on two things. When people are, are living in sin, they are struggling. They might not seem it, we all, we all, we can put a face on. We're struggling inside. There's certain sins that have control over us. But we can hide it very, very well. 
and others can hide it very well as well. And the idea is for us to not judge, but to love them to the point of healing. To love them to the point of healing. Sometimes we take a different approach. Sometimes we think that by yelling at somebody, making them feel bad, feel guilty, and we all fall into this. We all fall into this. Sometimes we feel like this is the approach. We're going to make them feel sad and bad and angry and guilty. And you know what? They will change their ways. They're going to know. Absolutely not. You see how Christ talked to the Samaritan woman. He knew everything about her. He didn't go and see her and say, what are you doing? You know, um, I don't see it much here. I, I've seen it a couple times. But uh, growing up in New York City, going through the streets, you see a lot of people holding up signs, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Biblical verses, but screaming, you are all going to hell until you repent. Change your life. You know, like, you sinners, you this and that. That's not... I don't know how effective that can be. I can't imagine hearing somebody say this and be like, oh, out of fear, I'm going to now go to church. If anything, that causes a reaction of defending myself. But if somebody loves, Christ loved Lazarus. Christ loved the Samaritan woman. Christ loved the disciples and everyone he met. He loved them, and through that love, they were healed. We have to learn how to love each other, even when we are disgusted with the sin, because people love us even though they're disgusted with our sin. And so that's what we have to always remember. So the first thing is, in order to raise somebody from the dead, to heal people, we must love them. Not judge them, not hurt them, not guilt them, but love them. The second is be present. Sometimes we underestimate who we're dealing with here when we're talking about Christ. Did Christ have to physically go to raise Lazarus from the dead? Like, nowadays, many of us, through the technology that we have, we can open and close doors from our phones, right? We can do whatever remotely. People are working remotely from all over the world. And this is technology. Did Christ actually need to be in Bethany to heal Lazarus? Did he have to do it? It's a trick question. He didn't have to because he's God. He could do anything. But he had to for us. He showed us that by him going, this is a part of the healing process. Although when he went there, he wept. But he was present. And this concept of being present is so important. 
It's so important. And I think this is so beautiful to see. We see this, like, and I've said this before, this is one of the cultural things that I really love. That when there is a, a funeral or condolences of people that no one knows, people feel that it's their duty to go. It's their responsibility to go. And this is not something very, uh, uh, like, natural for us in this, in this society. Like, I remember my parents, when they go to a funeral or, or like, Aza, and, and they would tell me to come, I'm like, my first reaction is, I don't know them. I'm not going to go. And they're like, it doesn't matter if you know them or not. St. Paul says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Does it not matter? Being present there helps in the healing process. You remember, like we said in the beginning, we are Christ. We're bringing Christ to a place of sadness, a place in order for Christ to comfort. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, the comforter, to comfort all those around us. So being present is important. It's, it, it can't be just to tell people, hey, fix yourself. You need to do this. Even if you love them, be present. Lastly, to remember that this is God's work. This is God's work. This is God's work means two things. One, we have to have a sense of urgency for our salvation and the salvation of others. We all do. We just read in the Catholic epistle, St. Peter saying we are called as a justified people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. St. Peter is not talking about this priesthood, the men wearing black. He's talking about us as Christians are called to be priests. And the priest, the priest offers sacrifices on behalf of the people to God. So if everybody does that, if we, all of us, are living a priest, priestly life, we ought to do that. We ought to offer for others. We, offer, we have to remember that it's God who does the miracle. It's not you. So when you feel like, ah, I, I, I don't know what to do. No, it's God who can do it. And so we have a choice here. We have to think about it. Do we believe that God can raise people from the dead? Can he heal us physically, spiritually, holistically? Or we don't believe it. It's one of two options. If we believe it, then we have to be that vessel in order for him to work. If we don't believe it, then there's a lot of work to do. Then we have to think about, we have to learn who Christ is. This gospel is beautiful because it shows us the steps that Christ took. He heard, he discussed with the disciples, he went, he thanked, he, he wept, he was present. There was conversations. 
It's important for us to believe if this is God's work, if this is God's mission for us, for all of us, if we are called to be Christians, to be saints, then we must do this work. And it, and it starts everywhere you go. Yourself, your family, your classmates, your coworkers, your neighbors, your, the strangers, just being that light, being that person who reveals Christ and manifests Christ to others can raise people from their, their, the sinful state and guide us to a heavenly life. And glory be to God forever. Amen.